Mitsubishi. What is up, bros? Anybody care to lax? Welcome back to the Crease Dive presented by Barstool Sports. It is Friday, February 15th, and chaos. It's already a foot in the world of college lacrosse. I'm Jordy from Barstool, and with me, as always, we've got Robbie O on the mics. And Jordy. Robbie, chaos everywhere you look. Everywhere you look, you, left, look. you look right, there's chaos. How are look you feeling? Up, chaos, left chaos, down chaos. Speaking of down, down goes Duke. We called it <laughs> earlier. <laughs> Do you like that one? Down goes that- Duke. That was, uh, I mean, we that wasn't rehearsed. I don't know if no. you had that written down or not. It, it looked to me like it came off the top of the head, and that was smooth. But, yes, down goes Duke. Uh, they were able to kind of re- recover themselves over the weekend. But, uh, you know, last week in college across, it was a goddamn gong show, and it all started off with number two, Duke, going down to high point. A very good high point team, mind you. Very good I, I high point team. We've, we've mentioned well, this coach. before. Like, high point's not, like, just some team that came out of nowhere and just, like, accidentally upset Duke. Like, they're they're a solid program. They've got that kid, Asher Nolting, who is it's a disgusting. fucking stud. Yeah. Um, but as soon as high point beat Duke, we probably should have known that this week in college across was going to be a little bit fucky. Little, little the, bit, little bit fucky, little bit spooky. It was a, t- it was a tough weekend to be a top ten team. In the country. It was a, if you were in the top ten and you got it out of this weekend alive, like count your blessings because I mean, let let's just go through some. I mean, Colgate, Friday night lights in the Carrier Dome, heads over to Syracuse, takes that quick little trip across Central New York. They go to the dome and they take down Cuse. 12-9 in the opener of the season. In I mean, the Dome, too. In the Dome. Yeah, the Dome gods. Like, the Dome gods are real. Syracuse always Wait, manages re- to re- come real, away. Real quick, Colgate's jerseys, the, the helmet logo. Yeah, I fresh. They yes, were. The that was a that was a crispy looking team. Under, um, underrated uh, uniforms, by the way, Colgate. It's, it's a really solid team color combo yeah. that like that like maroon and, and and the white or the gray like it's it they're a they're, sharp they're, looking they're, team they're, they're doing it right yeah and like when you look that good like that's that's how you pull off some upsets look against syracuse but i mean colgate unranked goes mm-hmm. to syracuse 12 9 um i mean if you're cuse and you're starting off the season at home against colgate a team in your state and and you just get I mean, like twelve, not like that's not even like a oh, you know, like they just got lucky. They they caught a couple breaks here and there. Like no, like you guys just got beat down by Colgate, so they find themselves in the top twenty this week. At, and Cuse is is all the way out of there. Yeah, um, so I, I mean, I mean that that's that's a super young team, and they're gonna need uh need need some of those uh kind of guys who've been around the block couple a uh, couple years now to step up a little bit more. Yeah, I don't know, but Cuse uh, is also one of those teams, though. They get a couple of losses, like a Duke, and then you just come week ten, week twelve, they're just an absolute matchup nightmare. So I, I wouldn't really be too worried if I was Desco in the Orange at, at all. But it's uh, it's tough to go to start the season zero one. No, so there there are teams that have that lost, you know, this past week, who are the exact teams who over the past few years, like. You expect them to drop some of these games here and there, and then you see them come, you know, late April and May, and like they're still hanging around. So like, yeah, like a opening season or a, you know an opening game lost to Colgate, that's not going to destroy 
Syracuse's you're, season you're, as you're right you're right but do you remember last year though they dropped a couple you know funky ones and, and it was very controversial when they got into the tournament so yeah this game could come back to to nip them in the butt Jordy yeah I mean if, if I'm Desco like I'm watching out for my ass right now yeah. um <laughs> I mean I think if anyone's pissed off about this game it's like Syracuse people I think that like they're the people that are hardest on Desco what, like the townies um, like the townies like the forum rats no, like I mean, like everyone in the media mm-hmm. went to Syracuse, whatever that yeah. that J school is at, at Q. So like everyone, it's, is, it's so called like, it's called Newhouse, and I'm actually a, a graduate from there as well. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, well, not not sorry. not a big not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie O, straight out of Newhouse, just a, and just a uh, humble yeah. ass plug. But yeah, I mean, Syracuse might be looking for a new house soon if the Dome Gods don't show up for them this Damn, week against we're Albany. On, we're, on, we're on fire tonight with the word, with the wordplay. Yeah, getting real witty with it. But speaking of a team who, uh, you know, kind of the past few years could be characterized as uh, inconsistent. I would say, you know, Syracuse has, has kind of been inconsistent recently. You know, they they have some great games. They have some, you know, some stinkers. Uh, Hopkins. Jonathan Hopkins University, a team that has been plagued by inconsistency over the last few years, and they come out to start this season against the Towson Tigers, who we mentioned this we last week. About good jerseys. <laughs> These jerseys were so fresh. These throwback jerseys were so fresh for Towson that you knew as soon as they broke them out that there was no chance that they were going to lose this game. With that being said, you also didn't know that they were going to take down the Blue Jays 17 to 8. It was a smackdown. Hopkins started the game off when it, first quarter, 4-2. It's like, all right, like Hop is here. Joey Epstein gets himself on the board first of about 200 that that kid's going to have in his career. Um, but then the final three quarters of that game, like there was a time where I was like, holy shit, Towson is going to throw the ball in the back of the net every single time that they touch it. Uh, like it was, you looked at, at Hopkins' defense, and that was just like a defeated group of of young men like they were like i i look back on and and this this deep hole that plays for towson uh kobe smith so this kid it, it's it's up on our uh, on our social channels this kid long pole vacuums up a gb goes low to low on the shot from the top of the box i haven't seen a worm burner in like years let alone one from a deep hole ever this kid goes worm burner from the top of the box puts it in the back of the net and then he breaks out the windmill for the celly. And when something like that happens to your team, I don't care who you're playing against. I don't care you know, who that player is. I, that right there, it is so disrespectful that anytime that that kid touches the ball for the rest of the game, like you need to make it your goal to ruin his life. Ruin yeah. that kid. Like That kid broke out a windmill celly after a worm burner. You need to end him. What ends up happening later in the game? Kobe Smith, the long pole, scores another goal in this game and breaks out the same windmill celly again. So twice a double windmill, a double windmill. Like you have to have negative respect for an opponent to break out the windmill twice in a row. And this kid, but like did Hopkins do anything about it? No, because they were completely defeated. So, um, you know, we mentioned that, you know, yeah, yeah, go ahead. 
No, I mean, I know we always toss around the term that, you know, a lot of teams don't like each other, but, I mean, Towson-Hopkins, I mean, that's an in-state rivalry and a, probably one of the most, I wouldn't say underrated, because if you're a true, true lacrosse fan, you know Towson-Hopkins has always been one of, like, the biggest rivalry games in the country. So, you know, you go in there, those have, I mean, pull up the pull up the records here, but that's usually, like, a one-goal game, and, and that, that goes both ways, too. Um but, you know, I doubt Petromalo was going into that game thinking it'd be a, a bloodbath like that. I mean, they're going to they're gonna need to wake up. I mean, they, they, got, they got physically abused that game. It, that's what it came down to, in my eyes. The physicality of this Towson team was very impressive. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, but like we said, kind of with, with Syracuse, where they're a team where, you know, one loss in the beginning of the season is, like, not going to kill them. Um, I mean, Hopkins is a team that has been – pretty inconsistent over the years and like usually you would see that as like a negative it might be a positive here because you know if if they have this this game where they get 17 pumped on them against Towson like they could easily come out the next game and still shit pump someone on their own um unfortunately that that next game for them is gonna be Loyola so yeah I mean we'll see we'll see I I'm not I'm not I'm not sold on this Hopkins team and they, they could be trash this year like I said, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Well, so we, we, we just we just mentioned Loyola. So so speaking of those badasses, uh, they go to uh, – actually, no, they hosted Virginia, and they put a beat down on the Cavs. Molly Wap. Uh, Molly Wap City. And so we, we talked about it last week. I mean, the, the last five seasons before this year – it has been Loyola versus Virginia to open up the season. And in four of those five games, it was a one goal win for the Virginia Cavs. So like these games typically pretty tight. The only game that wasn't tight, it was like an 11, four win for Loyola or something. That was Pat Spencer's first game in his collegiate career. So, you know, you're thinking, Oh yeah, Loyola, Virginia, we've seen this before. It's probably going to go to overtime. These are two great teams that we could end up seeing Memorial day weekend. This is going to be a tight one. No, not even fucking close. Loyola, boat race. See you later, Virginia. Enjoy the bus ride home. I'm Pat Spencer. I'm the best goddamn lacrosse player in the nation right now, and I'm going to physically beat you down. And I'm, what did he end up putting? I think he had five goals, two assists, and like a casual seven points for Pat Spencer. He wasn't even trying out there for the most part. Um, I mean, Virginia. It's not like they look, like, terrible. Like, Jacob Stover, who, by the way, like, this kid has to be, like, 34 right now playing goalie for Loyola. Like, how many times do we have to hear Stover's name until he's, like, fine? Yeah, and fun fact, his dad is a Ravens kicker, was a Ravens kicker. Now that we're on the topic of Stover and the goalie play, yes, Loyola had Pat Spencer, five goals, two assists. Kevin Lindley, just a smooth five goals, no assists. Gotta love that. Let's talk about Jacob Stover. 18 saves, dude. That 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 is that's a lot of saves. Granted, uh, there's the shot clock now. We're gonna be seeing goalies with a ton more saves. His counterpart, Alex Rode from Virginia, with a smooth six saves, a 26 save percentage. So that that's an issue. <laughs> that's Here's not the thing, good. like like 18 saves on its own is pretty ridiculous but the fact that he had it against his virginia team who has absolute weapons just unleashing yes. the ball like guys like matt moore Doc aiken ryan conrad michael kraus i mean these kids bring heat on the ball and this maniac jacob stover is just like standing <laughs> in front of all of them just like 
just matrixing that shit. Um, now, so, now, Alex Rode, you're the goalie for the other team. Ah, dude, I don't know, man. <laughs> 17 goals against, 6 saves, 26 save percentage. Not, not a number guy here, but I think you might go to the bench here, or is it too early? No, see, that's the thing, though. It's like... It's like Pat Spencer, like, you can't play defense. Like, if you're, def- like, a D coordinator, like, you just – if you're playing against Loyola and you're trying to game plan for Pat Spencer, just stop. You're wasting your energy. Like, you could do whatever you're gonna turn, you want. You're going to turn into a, a GIF, a nice highlight reel. That's exactly. Really what like, which is, like, good for us because, like, we yeah, need no, that to, to grow our social channels. Which, but, like, by the way, like, uh, make sure you're following us on Instagram and Twitter at the Cree stuff. Okay. Shameless plugs. Yep. Um <laughs> But, I mean, you, you could slide early to him. You could double-team him. You could do whatever you want to Pat Spencer. He's still going to get his. Um, as far as only having six saves against this Loyola team, like, again, like I said, Pat Spencer is going to get his points regardless of what you do, regardless of who's in net. Uh, Kevin Lindley, just a, a, an assassin out there. Five goals, zero assists. Like you said, you love to see it. You love seeing guys just having the trigger on the <laughs> I ball. It. It's my favorite. You know, it. <laughs> If, if that ball's in your stick, you can guarantee it's going on the net. It is not reaching anybody else. Um, and then a kid like Aiden Olmstead too, who can just bring it low to high. So six saves against Loyola is pretty respectable. Um, you just hope that, you know, your six saves aren't going to get tripled up on the other end of the field by a kid like Jacob Stover having 18. Uh, but if someone had a worse day on Saturday than, than Virginia's defense and goalie, it's whoever was in cage for Robert Moore. I think that they may have even gone to, to two goalies. At least I God. hope that they went to two goalies here. If they kept the same they all this. They did go to two goalies, but after 25 goal, goals for like Jesus a poor kid. Jesus Christ. Jesus. Well, like dude, you Lord, said, dude. The Penn State <laughs> Nittany Lions are. Yeah, wait, 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 real, wait, real quick. You know, kind, of, kind of trashing uh, some, some goalies that got shelled uh, this past weekend. <laughs> They're, like, trying to get their head right for the next game. Coaches tell them to forget about it. Just getting ragged. Uh, this kid, uh, Alex Heger, 12 saves. Not bad. Let up 25 yeah. goals with a 32 save percentage. Yeah. Uh, it's not well, great. Yeah, though. I mean, listen, like, if, if, you're, if the defense in front of you is giving up that many shots, like, what can you yeah, do? Yeah, it's like, not your fault. At, yeah, at that point, like, it's – you got to wonder at that point, like, is he banging, like, someone's girl on the team? Like, are they just, like, being, like, yo, like, shell this kid? Like, he's an Here asshole. you go, Alex. Just enjoy these fucking crease cranks. <laughs> well, either way, the Penn State Nittany Lions, they are uh, serial killers at this point uh, because they started off the season putting up 17 against Villanova, so a nice little 17-7 to win for them to open up the season against the Wildcats. You're thinking to yourself, all right, like Grant Amant, he had 10 points that game. Penn State's offense put up 17 goals. Like, yeah, that's sick, but, like, they're probably going to crash down to earth. What do they do? They come right back out the next week, pump in 27 in the back of the net, 27 to 10 win over Robert Morris. And like, this isn't like, like Robert Morris is no joke. They're no like team that you're just going to walk over. Like we saw what they were able to do against Maryland in the first round of the tournament last year. Like they kept it close with one of the best teams in the nation and Penn state just bent them over, told them to bite the pillow. And it was good night. Damn! Imagine if uh, some, someone almost foreshadowed this in uh, in episode one. Kinda. Imagine <laughs> if Robbie O called his shot and the Penn State Nittany Lions were. I mean, like at, at this point, they they might like need to bring you on staff or something, right? Uh, I think so. I mean, they still haven't really made a true playoff run yet, a playoff win. So you know, they they might need Robbie O in there. 
They might need Robbie Owen there, although I'll be honest. Uh, yeah, they, yeah. Be, they, they, being, being an assistant coach at Penn State is uh, – <laughs> are, we, are we going back to Sandusky jokes again here? Week yep. three? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so Penn State just they, – they should probably lay low for a while because they're going to be wanted for murder after destroying Robert yeah. Morris. I know, I, know, uh, I, know, I know a bookie who had, like, over $400 of kids just slamming the over in that game, so that kid is probably not the happiest. Yeah, well, you know what? Penn State overs, if you want to get rich and you want your bookie to uh, off himself or run away, that is the play. Um, last, like, big game of, of the weekend, I guess. Uh, not re- I mean, Denver just, like, trashed Air Force 11-4. Um, the one thing I will say about this game is that Denver just has shooters all over the field, uh, and they just they brought in these, these two freshmen, the one kid, Alex Simmons, uh, another kid, I, I, Ellis Geis, Eli Geis, I don't know. He's from Cali, so he's probably a, a total bro. Um, but these two freshmen are going to be putting up numbers for the Pios this year. Obviously, Ethan Walker, the smoothest stroke in the nation. <laughs> lefty uh, so gang, lefty gang. Lefty gang. So if, if you're a fan of just super silky goals, make sure you are watching Denver all season long, although you probably were going to do that anyway. Uh, but, yeah, so that, you know, that was pretty much – the big things that happened in this past week of college lacrosse, but you know, we saw Duke go down to high point. We saw Syracuse go down to Colgate. We saw Hopkins get trashed by Towson. We saw Penn state put up 27 goddamn goals. Like we said, chaos. And like, this is the shit that you live for. If you are a college lacrosse fan, these are the weekends that get you going. And it's still the first half of February. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm going to say this is going to continue between, um, you know, just the overall talent of Division One becoming more even, I would say, across the board. Uh, I think it's been a common theme for the last three or four years. Uh, teams are starting to level out a little bit more. Um, and that's just with, like, the sport just growing within itself, recruits picking different schools, et cetera, whatever the, the factors may be. Between that, uh, obviously, the implementation, uh, putting the shot clock in, you know, that's going to stir some crazy up. And then obviously uh, this weather, uh, we, we always go back to it. Lacrosse, you know, it's crazy that they call it a spring sport. It's going to be freezing again uh, this weekend. So that, that's been uh, – there's been no, no shortage of cold, and uh, I'd be lying if I said I miss uh, – Oh, I, f- I feel really soft saying this, but I, I used to chuck on those latex gloves, the doctor gloves underneath my gloves to stay warm. Yeah, but you were at least getting getting some tick in your playing time. I was, you know, by the end of my college career, I was stapled to that bench. So I'm like there just on the sideline, like freezing my ass off, just like trying to stay up for the boys because like, you know, th- what, those hey, are my guys. All, but it's, it's all about the boys. <laughs> Yeah, but me- meanwhile, like I can't even feel my toes, and I look up at the clock. There's still five minutes left in the first quarter. I think about you know going over to buy a gun during halftime and putting a bullet in my brain. Amount <laughs> of people but, that could probably relate to this, by the way. Yeah, hey, for for anyone who's stapled to the bench right now, especially in February lacrosse, and like, I I think we we talked about this in in the first episode too. Like, if you're stapled to the bench. Don't be the asshole who thinks that you're some hard ass who can just go around still wearing shorts, no jacket. Like just the rest of the guys, headbutting kids. <laughs> yeah, like every everybody hates you. Throw on the sweatpants, throw on the jackets. Don't have too much pride. Being Do cold less. is miserable. Um, but you, 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 
I thought that that was a great point, by the way, that, you know, that, that the game is, you know, there's going to be more and more parity through the years in college lacrosse. You know, it's not like it's necessarily anything new, um, but it's something that is going to be just more and more relevant as, as the game keeps growing. And on the subject of the game, keep growing. One of the newest schools in division one college lacrosse, the Utah Utes, they pick up their first win in D1 program history after making the jump from the club level to D1. They pick up a big 13-9 to win over Mercer. And with us now to talk about the Utes as they prepare to take on Hofstra, we've got assistant coach Marcus Holman. All right, and joining us now, we've got uh, currently an assistant coach with the Utah Utes out of the University of North Carolina and also playing this summer in the Premier Lacrosse League. We've got Marcus Holman on the line. Marcus, thanks for joining us today. What's going on, Jordy? Thanks for having me on. Big fan of Barstool and uh, fired up to be a guest tonight. Yeah, well, we're fired up to have you, especially because the Utes picking up their first win as a NCAA Division I program this past weekend over Mercer, 13-9. to uh, So, I mean, that's that's got to be a, an amazing feeling for, you know, not only the, like, obviously the fellas are definitely going to be fired up about it, but, you know, for guys like yourself, your dad, uh, you know, Will Manny, Adam Gettleman, the guys who have been there, you know, with this program from the club level to now NCAA D1, uh, who have been around for some of that ride, like, how, how's that feel to, to get that first one under the belt? Definitely rewarding for sure. Um, you know, it's, it's been a special journey. Uh, the past, you know, two and a half years we, we've been out here. Um, so that, you know, that would have started in the fall of 2016. Um, and, you know, that, that first season we actually won our, our MCLA opener out at Chapman, which was a pretty awesome upset. And, uh, you know, ever since then, it's just been a hell of a ride with, with this coaching staff and, you know, the fact that I get to wake up and, and be on the same sideline with, with my dad day in and day out. Um, and two awesome other assistant coaches and Adam Gittleman and Will Manny is just a blessing, you know, just, just to be associated with, with those guys because they're awesome people first um, and great coaches second. And then, you know, just for our kids and, and the team that we have, um, you know, I think of, of the local kids that we have on our team that grew up in Utah um, that I don't think ever would have dreamed of, of one, there being a Division One team in Utah, and then two, you know, playing for it. Um, and, and I think of a kid like Josh Stout, who had seven goals uh, for us on, on Saturday. And it was definitely a special moment. There were definitely, you know, some emotional hugs after that game. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I could, I'm could, i sure I could talk for hours just about the journey and everything like that. But, yeah, it was, it was a special moment for sure. And um, we just got to continue to focus on getting better each week. And, see what we can do here in our inaugural season. 
Yeah. Well, so the one thing that, you know, we, we always talk about and, you know, sometimes it's, it's kind of like as a joke, uh, you know, kind of in, in the same sense that Chris Hogan played lacrosse, but uh, you know, we, we always mention lacrosse sport of the future, sport of the future um, and that the game is just continuing to grow at like a, a rapid pace. And, you know, even though sometimes like it might be, you know, kind of like a jokey haha sport of the future type of thing um, you know, a team like Utah and an area like Utah, where, you know, the game is just kind of taken off and, you know, 10, 20 years ago, I, I don't think anyone would ever assume, like imagine <laughs> that you'd be getting, you know, D1 team, like D1 recruits out of Utah, yeah. um, you know, let, let alone a team that you could, you know, roster a decent amount of them out of Utah. Um, so, I mean, that's just like, you know, you're, you're kind of there right now, just being able to see it all go down in person. I mean, like how, how is the game just, uh, you know, how is it really taken off there in Utah and you know, what's, what's the excitement level like at there? You know, I know that, uh, Salt Lake city is also a uh, potential city to land a PLL event this, you know, this coming summer. So obviously the, the market for lacrosse is there. So, um, you know, someone yeah. who's there living it, you know, talk about that. Yeah. Um, you know, as, as a kid growing up in Baltimore, Maryland, um, you know, I would, I had the luxury of, of living three miles away from, from Homewood field and the ability every Saturday to go down and watch Kyle Harrison play and, and watch Paul Rabel play. Um, and truthfully that, you know, fueled my passion to, you know, continue my, my future of lacrosse. And I saw those guys playing in front of eight, 9,000 people. And, you know, it's, 75 degrees on a, on a spring day at Homewood. And I'm like, damn, like I want to play college lacrosse. <laughs> like, this is awesome. Like, so that kind of fueled my, my passion for the sport. And I think lended a hand in, in making me the player that, that I became. And, you know, I went on to, to play at North Carolina, as you mentioned. And then, you know, I, when I think about the, the sport growing out here, I think about a kid growing up in Salt Lake city and, and, you know, coming to our home opener against Vermont while we didn't play very well, it was in the rice Eccles football stadium. We had, you know, fireworks and, and the, the whole setup that, that the university provided for us was incredible. Um, and I think of them, you know, a little 10 or 11 year old kid watching Josh Stout score seven goals Saturday and, you know, thinking his, in his mind, like, dang, like I want to, I want to do this someday. And you mentioned sport of the future. Like it, I think, it's really cool in general that myself as a coach right now can talk to my collegiate players about building a career for them that is just involving lacrosse with, with the formation of the PLL, as you, as you mentioned briefly a little bit, um, you know, you're seeing more and more players play lacrosse full-time and coach full-time as well. Like you can make a living out of lacrosse right now. And that's, that's a pretty special feeling um, to, to kind of be, right involved in that uh in, in a city like salt lake city where the sport is growing rapidly um and, and we're trying to expand that that audience day in and day out so yeah you know it's 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 exciting um i'm trying not to take it for granted and and really do my best just to to um continue to spread the game and um like i mentioned like i'm a kid from baltimore like the only time i ever heard of the university of utah was like when I would stay up late and watch and there was football games on the West coast and it was like Utah versus Oregon or something like that, like a PAC 12 matchup. Um, and it's just funny and ironic, I guess that I'm out here now coaching and, well, and living it. Well, let me, let me talk about that real quick because 
that's something that for like the past few years I've been saying that as soon as the Pac-12 gets lacrosse, like that's the point where it's like it's pretty much over for all the haters out there, all the lacrosse haters, because I I feel like the Pac, like that's like like something that people, you know, lacrosse fans will will bitch about. And, uh, you know, we talked about this. uh, I think we'll we'll get into it a little bit later in the episode. Uh, But, you know, lacrosse fans, sometimes they'll bitch about games being scheduled, you know, some marquee games being scheduled too tight together. A lot of like, you know, you'll get a lot of 12 PM uh, Eastern games. Um, But when you can get like a pack, like if more pack 12 teams start going D one and college across and like, you know, if you can be a lacrosse fan, just like out at the bar on a Saturday night and, you know, you get like a, you know, a nine or a 10 PM Eastern start for like, you know, like a Utah or Oregon, Utah, Arizona state, like as soon as yeah. the PAC 12 really gets into lacrosse, like that's, I think that that's the point where the game is really going to start taking off, especially, you know, if I, I don't know if, uh, if, if you're able to talk about this with, you know, NCAA restrictions or anything like that, but especially like if you can start, you know, throwing a little bit of coin on some of these games and you can get some, <laughs> some, some, some drunk fans just betting pack 12 lacrosse at, you know, yeah. 10 PM at night. Uh, so I think that, that that's going to be a, a huge moment for the game. Um, speaking of the pack 12. So what, what school would you like to see uh, go D one next out, out of that conference? Um, would I like to see? I mean, I, I think, I think Arizona State was the most recent women's team, so I think a team in, um, down at Arizona State would just be awesome. Um, you know, I, I'm, I, I think Stanford is is um, potentially next in line uh, out here on the western part of the United States. I think, um, you know, I think Utah being the first Pac-12 school. To, to ha- boast about having men's lacrosse, maybe ruffled some feathers at, at a school like Stanford or Cal. Um, but I, I really can't speculate where, where it's going to come from next. But I, I think your point is, is spot on just about um, the continued Wester, westward expansion of lacrosse. You've, if you look at the women's side of, of college lacrosse, you've seen the success that these, these teams have had in their first or second years of division one, like Colorado, was like number four last year. I think they lost in the quarterfinals. USC was undefeated. They were like a goal away from, from making the final four, I think two years ago. Um, and then you got, you know, you've got Stanford and Oregon and Arizona state having programs like it's unbelievable out here. And, you know, visiting a campus like Colorado Boulder last year when we played them um, in, in a club game, like that campus is unbelievable. <laughs> um, and I think for, you know, kids on the East Coast, it's, you know, in, in terms of our recruiting a little bit, it is initially tough to get them out here at first because they're like, whoa, that's really far from home. And, you know, it's it's a little bit different. And But once we've gotten these kids to campus and they see the mountains in their backyard, you know, we, we show them or, or guide them to Park City, which is half an hour away from campus. Like, it, it sells itself a little bit. Like it is such a beautiful place. Um, and it is different. Like our, our success rate with, with some of the kids, you know, our, our higher end recruits that we've had on campus has, has, has been pretty, pretty awesome for us. So um, it's cool, man. It, and it's spreading for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, that's actually something that I was going to say because, you know, when I was watching that, you know, that game you guys had to open up the season against Vermont, um, 
the lacrosse was almost secondary at that point with that broadcast. Like I, I was mostly just watching the broadcast just to get, you know, the, the wide shots of the mountains in the background. Um, so like, <laughs> I think, and, Hey, I think, I think our players were a little too busy staring up at the mountains theater in that game, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, a tough one. I mean, the, the catamounts they're they're a gritty team. So it's, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's going to be tough for anyone to grab a win against those guys. Um, but you know, but then I, I see you guy, you know, the, you know, the Utah lacrosse Instagram and, and Twitter, you know, the social media feeds, like just putting out these pictures of you guys, you know, uh, practicing like right at like sunset and shit. And it's like, like, got like if, if you're, if you're a, you know, a top high school lacrosse recruit, like, I, I don't know how you don't at the very least put Utah on your list of schools to go see. Right. Yeah. L- like I said, I mean, I, you know, it's, it's truly, a, it is a special place and you, you get that when you get, you know, boots on the ground out here and you're able to walk around campus and, and see everything that we have to offer, you know, scenically. And then you throw on top of that a school with Pac-12, you know, facilities, um, you know, our ability to use our, our, our football field house if there's snow on the ground, you know, our ability to, to use an Olympic weight room that was built two years ago. That's just awesome. Like, you know, I don't want to turn this into a recruiting pitch, but if you're out there, <laughs> You know, and you're a kid on the East Coast, give a flight out to Salt Lake City a, a chance and come play for the youth. Yeah. And, you know, like we were talking about before, you know, as more and more Pac-12 schools or, you know, just more schools out West start to, you know, go D1, um, you know, parity and college across, it's been something that, you know, we've been seeing over the past few years. I mean, the, yeah. the gap between some of like the perennial top teams in the nation and the rest of the country, it's, it's starting to shrink a little bit here. Um, but I think like as soon as that, that Western expansion, like really pops off, like that's, that's where it's going to be pretty much, you know, anyone's because again, like, you know, a kid like you growing up in in Baltimore, you know, Gilman school, like getting guys from Gilman to go to, you know, a place like Hopkins or a place like UNC, like, those schools are always going to pick up some of the top recruits in the nation. But as soon as they start, you know, losing some guys out West to, you know, whether it's Utah or whether, you know, uh, Christ, I mean, Oregon better go D one soon because if, if I'm a high school kid right now and I'm seeing the uniforms that those Oregon's throwing around out there, I'm I'm looking (laughs) to get myself into some of those, uh, some of those threads. Um, But, you know, again, like that, I think that that's just, pretty much everything that lacrosse fans are looking for the game to turn into kind of relies on the game going out West and, and getting that parody going. Yeah. And then, you know, again, I, I think tying in um, a little bit of a, a different subject in terms of lacrosse is that like the PLL having their offices out in LA um, while it's, it's somewhat of a minor thing, like that's a big step for, what they're trying to do, you know, in terms of professional lacrosse. And, um, you know, I'm sure you've, you've seen and followed, um, the, the news that they've made almost weekly. It seems like at this point, you know, securing more funding today from, from a guy like Joe Sai, who's the, the billionaire founder of, of Alibaba, like they're making headwaves. Um, and for their offices to be located out on the West coast is, is cool. And, um, again, it, it's going to take, you know, a little bit of groundwork from, from everybody involved. Um, and, uh, yeah, but I think we're, we're making progress. There's, there's no doubt about that. 
Well, yeah. And so going off that a little bit and, and uh, you know, kind of shifting a little bit towards the PLL here. Um, so this is, a, well, it's, it's not necessarily going to be exclusive to the PLL because I think that the announcement of, of the new league kind of uh, made the, the MLL rethink uh, some of the things that they're doing, but now, so both professional uh, field lacrosse leagues will be starting their seasons post Memorial day weekend. Um, and that's something that I, I was interested, especially, you know, with guys like you, uh, Will Manny and, and Adam get who have been playing professional lacrosse, but also coaching at Utah over the past couple seasons. Um, you know, the, the pro season beforehand, you know, it got started while you guys were still at Utah. Um, so I think of a guy like you, you know, you, yeah, you got to you got a game with Utah, then you probably have to hop on a hop on a flight to go wherever you're playing, put up 11 goals in a game for the Ohio machine real quick. Not a big deal. Uh, but then as soon as that game's over, what you probably have to hop on a red eye right back to Utah because you probably got practice the next day. Uh, so, you know what? you know, how much of a difference is that going to make, um, especially for other, you know, guys who are looking to get into coaching, you know, being able to have a career in coaching that the schedule doesn't conflict with your coaching and then starting that pro season in the summer, June 1st. Yeah. Well, I think it just, it, it just legitimizes what we're trying to accomplish as, as professional lacrosse players, you know, um, I don't think it, it, ever looked good in the past where a guy couldn't suit up for his team because, you know, he had, he had to be on the sideline coaching his, his collegiate team. Now it's not right or wrong. It just, like I said, it, it brings more quality play to, to a league that we're trying to boost and, and, you know, create a, a national TV audience for. Um, so, you know, for me, for me, I'm, it, it, I'm ecstatic about it. You know, I, I can take even a couple of weeks, before my professional season to, to make sure I'm in the best shape that I can be and, um, you know, make sure my, my sticks dialed in and my training is, is where it needs to be. And, um, it, it still allows me to, to do what I love, which is, is coach, um, and be around kids every day and, and try to mold them into, you know, really, really good people. So, um, I'm fired up about it. And I, I, I think, you know, every other coach that's that's in a similar situation feels that way too so um it's gonna be a fun summer man i think you know um for us for the pll to to be showcased on a national stage like like it is gonna be um and i feel like the the, the plans that we have regarding these weekend events uh, i think is gonna be really really special and and i think you know, I'm in the same boat with a lot of other guys. We're, we're very op optimistic about the business plan. And, um, you know, again, like playing a lacrosse game on NBC, that that's pretty, pretty awesome. Like, <laughs> I'm so excited to see the TV coverage and, and um, yeah, so it, I'm fired up. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, so obviously, you know, the teams haven't been drafted yet, so that that'll be coming in the next couple months here. Um, but so you're, you know, actually, well, I guess you, you haven't played with, with Will and Adam in the MLL. Um, but you know, you're, you're spending a lot of time with Gettleman with, with Will Manny here coaching at Utah. Um, so, you know, then you're going into the summer, June 1st, you guys are all making the jump over to the PLL. Uh, so when those teams are getting drafted, be honest with me here, 
are, are you are you looking to be on the same team as those guys for for the whole summer there or are you are you finally thinking to yourself all right i, I got to get away from these guys a little bit i need to beat up on them a little bit here in, in the summer here in the PLL. i mean obviously you guys will still be traveling together uh so you know do, do you think you, you want to stay teammates with those guys or are you trying to uh inflict a little pain come on we've been we've been drawing up man up plays since september that we can run um i i i, I truly hope that you know if if the opportunity is there you know to play with will and adam would be would be awesome um you know it's funny we actually played uh staff hoops today with with the utah athletic department you know we we play with some other coaches and um, some of the facilities members and, and so on and so forth. And whenever we're, we're teamed up together, it's always a good time. And, and we love flying around. I think they share the, the same passion that I do for the sport of lacrosse. And, um, you know, they've, they've all been, both of them have been successful in their, in their own individual playing careers. I think that'd be a dream come true to play together. And, um, I think we'll, we'll see how it shakes out in the next couple of weeks, but, um, it's going to be really interesting because there's so many talented players, like all the the pairings that you could make of attack groups or close defense groups. Like it's just going to be a high level of lacrosse, man. And I think, I think it's, it's going to be really awesome. Yeah. I mean, I keep like looking at the guys who, you know, who are, uh, you know, in the league and I keep thinking about different ways to like split them up, you know, whether it's, you know, where, you know, where they went to college or, you know, where they're, you know, originally from like trying to make up teams that way. And like, no matter how you split the, the roster of the league up, like every team is going to be filthy. (laughs) Stack. So, um, yeah, yeah. week in and week out, it's going to be, the best level of, of lacrosse for sure. Now, if, uh, so if, if you will and Adam just so happen to all end up on the same team, uh, so will, will your dad be there on, uh, you know, in the, in, in the stands coaching you guys up from, from, from the crowd there? I think he's, uh, he actually has a chest protector in his, uh, in his office. He's going to be suiting up and playing goalie. I think, uh, Adam wants to play a little bit of field lacrosse, so he'll play down at attack with with me and Will. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny how the goalies always think that they can just play start playing field in in the summer. They they get exactly. sick of getting shelled with shots all all year long, and then all of a sudden the summer comes around. Austin Cout, big time, big time yeah. men's league. <laughs> never hop in the net always just going down there lefty attack hogging the ball a little bastard uh <laughs> shout out to austin cow by the way you're probably yeah. listening to this uh but so but talk to me real quick about uh you know being able to to coach with your dad there at utah um you know you know obviously being able to coach with your dad in like in general would, would probably be you know a really cool experience for a lot of guys i mean we see it with the Danowskis at duke um but then to not only have that relationship there, but then to also be, you know, the first coaching staff as this program uh, make, made the jump to NCAA Division One. So, um, you know, what's that been like? And, and are there ever any times where it's, you know, like, it, is it father son yeah. on the sideline or is it like straight business? Like, shut up, dad. Like, I got this. <laughs> I think um, I think it's, it's it's a mix of both, man. You know, we've I'm fortunate just to have a, a great father first and foremost, you know, like he was, um, he's just very wise and, and, he, you know, him and my mom have provided a, a great picture of, of how a loving relationship to be, should be to, to myself and my older brother and my younger sister. And, um, 
know, he, he, I think he raised us tough. Um, he raised us the right way. And, um, you know, he was my coach, uh, for my summer club team during high school. So like my sophomore, junior, senior years. Um, and that was my first real experience like playing for him. And I mean, there were definitely a couple tough car, car rides homes, um, after a couple games where I felt like he was, you know, yelling at me more than any other player. And, and I felt <laughs> a little bit too much pressure, um, at times, but again, growing through that and then getting a chance to play under him at North Carolina as well. Um, it's kind of like we've, we've just been hip to hip together for the past 10 years or so. Um, and it's funny, like, again, I, I sometimes just have to pinch myself cause I, I'm, I think about like when I'm older, when I, when I can look back on this and, and tell my grandkids, like what a special experience this was to have my dad right there with me. And, um, you know, my mom who lives out here as well with, with my dad and, um, you know, the, the fact that I get to see them every other day, like I, I don't take that for granted. I'm, I'm, I, I feel very blessed, um, to be in the situation I am, I'm in, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think our, our coaching relationship is, is solid. I think, um, you know, I, there are times where I, I don't have a problem like sticking up and, and saying something maybe, um, that contradicts like what he thinks I think he always shuts me down because he's the boss but um you know I think the fact that he's he's really open to you know constructive criticism and and even having like healthy conflicts amongst our staff um just shows the the type of leader and and you know manager that he is because I think that's certainly his strength as as a coach it's it's I wouldn't say it's necessarily you know scheming plays or, or diagramming x's and o's it's his ability to motivate his players is, is I think, second to none. Um, and he, he's a fantastic leader and a fantastic manager for sure. Yeah. And I, uh, you know, I, I think that one way to definitely motivate the players is with the, uh, with the schedule that you guys have lined up for this, for this year. So, I mean, I'm just looking at, you know, some of the guys you have in line here, you got Hofstra coming up this weekend. You guys got Denver, Duke, UMass, Virginia, um, you know, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm assuming that it was, you know, kind of planned by you guys to, to go into this first year and, and look to play against the best competition that you could find. Um, you know, and, you know, was, was that, you know, I'm assuming that that was the plan, right? No doubt. Um, you know, an opportunity for, for our freshmen to, to get a taste of, you know, what it's like to, to play against the top 10 team. Um, you know, and we've, we've already gotten a little bit of that, I think with, with our opening game against Vermont. Um, so I, you know, for us, it's, if, if you're going to be the best, you got to beat the best. And, you know, we're, we feel very fortunate, um, that those programs have, you know, elected to play us and, and it probably doesn't help out their RPI or strength of schedule, but, um, you know, we're, we're just trying to be a worthy opponent to some of those, those top 10 schools that you mentioned. And, um, you know, I, I think like you mentioned, man, that the, the sport of lacrosse, that, that line, um, you know, is, is, is razor thin between, you know, maybe a, a top 20 team and a top 40 team. And then, you know, it's, it's th even thinner between like a top 40 team and a top 70 team. So, um, we're just going to keep trying to get better and, and, Again, you know, we're, we're thankful that the, the relationships, I think, that we've cultivated amongst our staff um, are, are paying off, you know, with, with, again, Adam 
being a, a, an alumnus of Virginia and Will being an alumnus of UMass um, and then other relationships that we've made that have allowed us to, to play schools like these. So it's going to be exciting, man. I, I don't know how it's going to turn out, but um, we're fired up every day here out in Salt Lake City. Well, yeah, what I was going to say, you know, so Adam gets to play against his his old boys and so does Will, but the, the one team I don't see on the schedule this year. I know. UN is so I, I guess that leads me to ask the question is coach Bresci is is he ducking the Utes does is coach <laughs> Bresci fearful of the Utes is that because that's kind of what I'm picking up here I mean Virginia coach Tiffany picked up that game you know you got UMass uh-huh. there as well so it's 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 tough right now I mean coach Bresci he's got some answer or he's got some questions to answer here Listen, I, I watched um, Carolina play Mercer last week bef- before we played Mercer, and I will tell you this much. I don't think Coach Bresci has anything to be afraid of um, <laughs> with, the, with the talent that he has down in Chapel Hill. So um, I hope one day what, that Utah and, and UNC are lining up across from each other. Um, not sure when that day is going to come, but I'm excited for the Tar Heels this, man, this year, man. I, I hope they do a really good job and – um, you know, kind of get back to the top of the ACC and, and can can make their way back to the uh, NCAA playoffs. Yeah, well, last last question here because I know that uh, you know you you're a, you're a busy man. You got a lot of stuff going on with the sport of lacrosse, absolutely booming in the Salt Lake City area. Um, but you know, continuing off of this UNC talk, so um, you know, still again looking at the at the players that are set here for the inaugural season of the PLL and talking about different ways to split up these rosters. Now, if a team that was just strictly off of UNC players, so, you know, I'm looking at it right now, you would have yourself, uh, Davey Embola, you got, uh, you got Joey Sankey there. Uh, who else is here? Who else is here? Oh, you got Austin Kluche as well. You got uh, Pafani. So a PLL team rostered strictly of UNC grads, do they go undefeated this summer? 1000% we're holding the cup, the cup or the trophy or whatever the plaque. I don't know what we're, what we're playing for yet, but I want a big, big ring at the end of the summer, maybe with like a, a Tar Heel embellished on it. Um, and then the boys can get in one afterwards. Yeah, exactly. And take a private jet back to Chapel Hill and relive the glory days. There we go. All right. Well, hey, if uh, Joe Sy's listening to this one, we need a PJ for the uh, for for the winners this summer. So I'm I'm sure that uh, the billionaire from Alibaba can <laughs> facilitate that. So, uh, but Mar- Marcus, uh, appreciate you jumping on here. Best of luck this weekend taking on the Hofstra Pride. That is a uh, that's a one o'clock game. So let's uh, you know. Hopefully, you boys keep this one rolling, and uh, you know, keep staying in the in the win column. But appreciate you coming on here, and uh, looking forward to seeing what the Utes have going on the rest of the season. Yeah, appreciate the support, Jordy, and and keep up the good work in, in the lacrosse community, man. It, it it's important, and uh, you're doing a great job. So great chat, man. See ya. Yeah, we appreciate that. Take care. All right, and thanks again to Marcus Holman for coming on the line here. Uh, you know, expecting big things out of the Utes for the rest of the season here, and obviously looking forward to seeing Marcus, uh, you know, put away the coaching pants and throwing on the playing shorts this summer in the PLL. 
but before we get to the summer, we've got another weekend of college lacrosse ahead of us. Uh, Rabio, like this weekend coming up right here, this schedule is pretty Choppy. much like it well and this is like exactly though what lacrosse fans have kind of been wanting especially you know last week there there were a couple the some marquee games scheduled for for noon um and you know people were out there complaining it's like hey like you know there's only like so many great games per weekend and the fact that you know they're on at the same time it's difficult to follow well you know, coming up on Saturday, I mean, we've got, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into it, but we've got games, like some solid games, uh, starting from, you know, 11 in the morning. It's uh, a 7.30 to, you know, four, at night. Yeah, yeah, there's a 7.30 <laughs> game with Detroit Mercy at Notre Dame, uh, you know, 4 o'clock with Albany Syracuse. So, you know, the schedule right there, like you're, grab yourself some beer, grab yourself a couch, Keep the stick in your hand because we're always working on the hands. Uh, but you're going to have yourselves a day of college across on Saturday. And it all starts off 11 a.m. with Denver taking the trip over to Duke. And this is a this is a greasy, greasy move by the Duke Blue Devils to schedule Denver for an 11 a.m. game. When Denver has to come from what is what is Denver in Mountain Time, probably Mount, Mountain Time, which is um which is where Marcus so, just came from. <laughs> yeah, so so this is like a 9 a.m. game for Denver. Like, you, Duke, Duke knows exactly what they're doing. They know exactly what they're doing, just like how Tierney knew exactly what he was doing when he let Georgetown uh, win the Big East last year to get a better seat. People forget. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll be honest. Like, this is a greasy move by Duke, and I love every bit of it because, uh, you know, obviously these are two teams – that have been just powerhouses over the last forever long. And, and if you're, if you're looking to get any sort of advantage that you can get over a Denver team, scheduling them for a 9am game, their time. Uh, I mean, that's just you, but the only thing that you got to worry about there is like, like Tierney, he's like, he's a shift king himself. Like I he, was he's, just about to say that until you recovered. He is like, he, he's, he, he's definitely, yeah, and like he's, you know, he's pulled some of these moves himself. So you can't bullshit a bullshitter. So will Denver kind of use this as motivation for them to really get at, you know, get back at Duke for scheduling them for this shit time? Like if I'm Tierney, like I'm saying, like the amount of disrespect that it takes to schedule you for an 11 a.m. game, that's got to be locker room motivation, right? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't know about locker room motivation. I, if if I'm if yeah, I'm you're, you're pissed I, off that you're playing at eleven. Well, like the thing or, is, like, or well, yeah. or or you're or you're happy because you end the game early, probably on a win. If you're lucky on a win, I th I'm going. Eh, I was about to make my pick and say Denver was going to win, but I'm kind of leaning towards Duke here. But what I'm saying is, you finish the game right, tailgate, then you get to the airport, you fly back, you're back partying Saturday night at Denver. For the night. All right. So here, all right. All right. Point, point taken. If I'm a player, I'm pretty pumped about it too. Cause like there, there's nothing worse than wasting college oh Saturdays having to play a game. Like it's like you, you, you like you get in the locker room before, like you, you know, you get to the game like two hours beforehand. You're looking at your, your Snapchat or your Instagram stories. Like everyone's already getting loaded. It's on like, campus. It's, like day, like, oh. it's like day, it's like day You're like trying to pound your pocket, fix the strings. 
Yeah, you're like, ah, fuck. Like, why am I playing this sport that's just like taking my life away? Like, I just want to just get in one right now. But yeah, so point take. Like, if I'm a player, like, I'm pretty pumped that I have the chance to not only beat Duke at Duke, but then to get home and party with my guys back at school. So players for sure. But again, if, if I'm Tierney, if I'm a coach like that, like I'm using this as like, cause it's like, dude, like this is Duke Denver. Like this is a, like a big ass. It is a marquee like, matchup. These, this is a marquee matchup. And that's like scheduling the, like the warriors for like a 2 AM game. It's like, <laughs> yeah, like, like that's pretty disrespectful. Like these, this is supposed to be like a prime time game and they're scheduling you for like, people are still like out at brunch, like drinking mimosas right now. And, and you're trying to get us to play a lacrosse game. So they, it could go either way. And actually I'm talking myself into it right now between what you said with the players loving playing, you know, this early that much and being able to party back at school and tyranny being pissed off about the game. We ran pious. I, I was very into Duke before we started recording, and now I'm going Pios, and it's going to be Alex Simmons just low to high with, with the righty laser, and then Ethan Walker low to high with the lefty laser. Uh, it's it's going to be a tough day to be a Duke goaltender, and yeah, the the Pios are taking this one. Um, I, um, I should mention yeah, I, I should mention real oh. quick that we are recording this week's episode uh, a few days earlier than normal, so we don't have the lines out on these games just yet um, but we will to, put we will put our picks in the socials yeah it, for transparency purposes we will uh you know we'll, we'll always put the picks out there um but yeah so we, we don't uh, have but, the lines on us right now i have to imagine that this is like a a one goal spread uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I, I'm going denver in this one uh yeah i feel i feel like you and i over the past year and change are pretty much we don't we don't really tell each other too much. Eh, we probably tail each other about like 65, 70%. Eh, yeah, around that percentage. But uh, I'm going I'm going with you here. I think uh, Denver has too many weapons. Uh, I think this is still a February Duke team. Granted, I can see them pissed off, fired up, all of the above about just dropping you know a game against High Point. Uh, but I, I think they drop back to back here. I think Pio's. Uh, Come out of Durham with uh with a W fly back and uh you know Tierney and the boys will be sitting pretty at that um what is it two and zero two and zero right or did they have yeah. to play three yeah two and zero pretty sure so I say this gonna yeah. be this gonna be Duke's third and then Denver's only played two anyway I, believe I don't know Duke's not a math yeah. guy I don't know. Yeah, it's overrated anyway. Uh, so after, uh, you know, so as yeah, the boys Denver's going, going not another another game, uh, we, we won't really talk into this too much. But uh, so Virginia obviously ran into a super hot goalie against Loyola and Jacob Stover. They're going to have another uh, great goalie coming in with Lehigh and, and James Spence. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be difficult for their shooters to find the back of the net as well against Lehigh. I think that Virginia comes out on this one on top. Um, but Lehigh, Wait. I mean, they just have. They just Real had like quick. a four-three game. Yeah, I, okay. Wow, you just read my mind there. I was just about to say, how about that? <laughs> Three-four. Yeah, in, in 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 the age of the shot clock, that was a four-three game. I mean, college lacrosse over the past few years has become faster, 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 more offensive. Um, and now with the shot clock, like you probably will see one four-three game all season long, and that was the one. So, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, so. I saw I saw a graphic on Twitter and I was I had to do a double check. I actually saw it on the Lehigh Twitter, uh, three four, 
for some reason it didn't say final, so I thought it, I just figured it was half. Uh, saw Lehigh's Twitter like never talks about the other team scoring. So no, no, they, ne- they never do, and they just like <laughs> drop that graphic, and, and then I guess they drop that game coming off a nice loss after. So uh, yeah, I was, I was a little bit confused about that, but uh, I, th- I think real quick, I think we, I think we take Virginia here. Yeah, I, I still think that Virginia comes out on this one on top. Um, and, you know, I mentioned some of those Virginia shooters ahead of time. Uh, you know, kids like Matt Moore, uh, Doc Aiken. Uh, they got a freshman there, Jeff Connor. Those are all Philly area kids, James Spence, Philly area kids. So they've all played against each other before. So if anyone knows how to get it past James, uh, it might be those guys. I'm, who I'm going practice. I'm going Lee. I'm going Lehigh here, by the way. I have a weird Matt, feeling. Oh, yeah. Hey, yeah, I big, hate big I win. Hate, big I win for Lehigh. the Patlax. Big hey, win for the hey, Patriot Conference. Yeah. There. But yeah, that would yeah. be that would be a big win uh, for the for the Patriot League Conference. Always get a little extra jacked up playing an ACC team. Um, I don't know. I, I'm I'm a little bearish bearish on UVA right now. I think I think Lehigh, Lehigh has a ton of weapons, and I also think that Hofstra team that they just played against is very 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 uh, um, criminally underrated. Um, so I think that I wouldn't say a fluke loss because I. You know, they did not play a solid game, but I think this Lehigh team is very good. I, th- I think they give Virginia I, – I think they can walk out of uh, Virginia with a win or, if not, just a very, very close game. Yeah, and uh, so going on that, that Hofstra team that you just mentioned, very underrated. They will be hosting Marcus Holman and the Utah Utes at 1 p.m., so make sure to tune into that one. Uh, I think the pride keep this one rolling a little bit. It's – you know, it's, it's – Utah's going to have a lot of success this season. I don't – think that this weekend is, is going to be one of those times uh, but they'll put up a respectable game for sure uh, but I, I want to go back to the Patriot League here Pat Lacks with Pat Spencer and the Loyola Greyhounds they will be going to Homewood Field to take on Hopkins as they try to get over that just destruction by Towson last weekend so Here's the thing, Robbie O. Did Dave Petromala, it was he able to instill <laughs> the fear of God into his players during practice this week? And is that enough to cancel out Pat Spencer being the best player in the nation? Did Petromala, like, I wouldn't put it past Petro to threaten to kill somebody. Uh, if, I wouldn't be surprised if, they, if, I, yeah, if these kids slept yet. I want to know how many kids he's had to have cut at least somebody right now, right? Like oh. Maybe like a maybe like a bench player who like wasn't really performing that well at practice. Like that kid's maybe, all maybe right now. maybe maybe the volunteer student trainer just trying to trying to walk away with a degree, just low key just fires her. Yeah, yeah, like they're they're gone. So, and like someone no someone got someone got fired in the, in that Towson game. By the way, I don't, I don't know who, but someone someone got fired. Yeah, someone has their resume out right now, and Petro is not only not only did he fire him, but he's like actively making sure that they never work again. Um, so, yeah. Hopkins, though, I mean they're they're loaded offensively. Like I I don't know why they couldn't keep it going against Towson last weekend. I mean they've got they've got the players on on offense. Cole Williams, Kyle Marr, uh, Joey Epstein's only going to continue to get better. Um, so, I mean, like they, they have the weapons to keep up with the best teams in the nation to keep up with those best offenses. Uh, it's just what I saw from them defensively was just a team that just gave up. Um, and, and yeah, when I mean, I mean, Pat, I mean I, like, yeah. 
Yeah, well, I'm saying like when you're playing against a, a team that has Pat Spencer on it and he's going to be able to facilitate that ball, whether he's scoring five goals himself or whether he's, you know, dishing out five assists, like he's going to facilitate that ball to the back of the net, um, you know, and, and if they're if they start, you know, letting Pat Spencer get hot, like is this Hopkins team going to just give up again defensively? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I mean, I touched on it earlier in that Towson game. The biggest takeaway I got from it was just the physicality of play that Towson gave Hopkins just getting manhandled across the field offensively and even like defensively we're just getting bodied down uh, so I, I think Petromala you know toughens these kids up tells them to play a little bit more physical a little bit of a chip on your shoulder um, but uh, Towson uh, sorry Towson and Loyola to me on paper and just the locker room culture in general um, are very very different uh, Loyola is more of a Hopkins type kind of team uh, same kind of demographic of recruits, style of play offensively, defensively. So I think Hopkins matches up a lot better with Loyola than Towson. For what it, it doesn't mean Loyola is the, wor- the worst team. I think as far as like a matchup goes, I, I think Hopkins' odds are a l- little bit better here. So um, I don't, I, I'm going with Taus. I'm going with Loyola here, but I will say it will come down to the physicality, ugh, the physical. Is my saying this right? I'm really, really twisted right now. Physicality, yes, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're yeah. you're like bang on. Like that could be like if if we went onto like Webster's uh, website and like was like, hey, how do you say this word? Like you nailed that one. It's gonna be so, my voice to the computer. <laughs> um, no, I, I like that a lot though. I, I do think that this is gonna be a game that um, is gonna be a lot more exciting than that than that Towson game ended up being. I think that this is going to be back and forth. I think both teams have the ability to go on runs. Um, I don't necessarily – well, obviously, you know, we, we saw Loyola and Jacob Stover be able to stop some runs, but I, I do think that uh, the shooters that they see uh, – like Virginia shooters are very just like overhand, some some high heat, some low heat, but, you know, they're, they're not really giving you like that like creative of releases – I think that that's what like Hopkins shooters thrive on. You're, you're going to see a lot of weird releases, a lot of things that are hard to pick up, uh, you know, shots coming from across the body, underhand, stuff like that. So I think it's going to be a tougher day in net for Stover. Uh, so I, I, I like what you said a lot there with, with Hopkins being, um, or with Loyola being a, you know, better matchup on paper for, for Hopkins than Towson was. So I think that that'll be a tight game, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you right there. I think that Loyola comes out on this one on top. Uh, and so that will be at uh, that is a 2 p.m. start, and then right as that one is wrapping up, we will be going back to the Carrier Dome as the Syracuse Orange look to get in the W column, trying to avenge that upset by Colgate, and they'll have to start off trying to get back on the right track with the Albany Great Danes. I mean, listen, real quick before we get into this matchup. Syracuse dropped that game to Colgate. They now have Albany, Army, Virginia, Hopkins, Rutgers, Duke, Notre Dame as their next seven games after dropping a game to Colgate. So Desco does not play around with, with the scheduling. So so it's either like you come out of that upset on fire and and use that as like a like a, a wake up call, like let's fucking go here, boys, or you could start the season 0 and 8 so i guess we'll have to figure out this weekend uh now if you recall last year there's uh there's there's a certain kid who wears the number one 
in the purple jersey who really enjoys playing in the Carrier Dome. That is Dehoga Nanakoke, who put up five, I believe it was five, right, in his uh, college lacrosse debut last season. So uh, Dehoga, he, he's he's down a couple weapons this year with, with Albany. I, I mean, you, you lose Connor Fields to graduation. Uh, you lose TD Erland to transfer into Yale. Uh, so, I mean, this is going to be a different look Albany team, and this will be the time where we see if if Dehoged can really, you know, take a team on his back and carry them, you know, not necessarily himself, but like is if he can be the guy to lead Albany, uh, you know, to continue, you know, the progress that that program has made. Uh, and on, on the counterpart there, this is a Syracuse team who, you know, you said, you mentioned, they're, they're still a young team. I mean, they were super young last year. They're still very young this year. Um and, and it'll be interesting to see how they respond to that Colgate loss. You know, are, are they going to pack it in already? Uh, or are they going to see a, an Albany team that's down a few weapons and say, like, hey, like, let's let's get ourselves going here. Robbie O, you, uh, you, you spent some time up in up in Q. So, you know, what, what are your what are your thoughts on this one? I um quick, quick I, cup of coffee at, at Q's. Yeah, quick cup of coffee up there. Um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like it's going to be tough for. I don't. I don't think. I don't, this is another one of those games. I mean, when Albany plays Syracuse, kind of like a Towson, um, Towson, uh, Hopkins, or any. It, it's just one of those rivalries that sticks out on paper. Like even like Army UMass that we're we're seeing this weekend. Also, uh, this is one of those games that's played every single year, and it's usually not the first time that they see each other. I mean, these two teams saw each other twice last year. Uh, they're usually relatively close, besides for the outlier last year. But as far as this goes, you know, I think this is like we said, this is a very young Syracuse team, uh, but they're loaded with talent and weapons and a ton of shooters. Uh, I think Nick Mellon. He struggled against Dehoga the first time that these these guys played, but you know, without Fields, I think coach should be coming out with a couple different slide packages, etc. Um, that being said, this is all. But so I, I like Syracuse here. I, I think they have the advantage, uh, you know, coming off of a loss and actually playing a first game. Um, you know, Albany, you know, they haven't played a, a regular season game yet. They're zero and zero. Have only been playing scrimmages. So, you know, they're going to come out with that nervous energy, especially at the Carrier Dome, which I don't know why it's at the Carrier Dome again two years in a row. Someone needs to, to check that one out. I don't think that's fair. But uh, uh, probably because it's just like cold as shit up there. So like you like know Albany's, what? That, pra- Albany, yeah. Albany's practicing. So we're we're recording this episode right now. It's uh you know it's on Tuesday. Uh, so Albany was out there practicing and and some some snow today. So yeah, I have to imagine that, that, that just really being indoors. <laughs> That'll probably uh, do it. That's probably the reason why that they're playing away. I w- if I'm if I'm Albany, I would actually be happy that I'm playing in the dome. Yeah, maybe maybe schedule this game for like a little bit later in the season so you can start switching off who hosts and and whatnot. But yeah, uh, but I'm I'm right there with it. I think I think that uh, you know Syracuse already having that kind of getting that shock factor of that loss out of the way under their belt um, is going to help them in this game. This is you know Albany's still gonna. I mean, Albany's going to come out here and they're still going to need to try to figure out what their identity is this year. Um, meanwhile, Syracuse, like they don't really give a shit about what their identity is right now. Like they just need to get back on track. Um, so I think that it's, it's a little bit more of a desperate Syracuse. You know, it's only the second full week of the season, and but it's already well, a desperate saying, Syracuse yeah. team. Um, you know, and, and Albany's kind of coming into this one just trying to figure out who they are. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. So I, I've got Cuse in that one, but it'll be a tight one. I think we're both on Loyola 
I believe, over Hopkins. Uh, I'm I'm riding the Pios, and I think that we've I think that we've all flip flopped a few times here uh, between Pios and Duke, but I think we're both on Denver. Yeah, uh, well, we gotta so take Denver there, the Road Dogs. So the real only uh, the, you know the the discrepancy here. I'm on Virginia, and, and you're on Leah. So I guess we'll figure out who uh, who comes out of this week on top. Yeah, now real quick before we end the episode, your dark horse of the weekend. Ooh. Out of games that we have not touched on. Who's the team that's, that's going to make a, a little bit of a splash? Who's going to be a, you know this weekend's high point? Because there's going to be one. Whether whether you or I guess it, it's gonna, there's going to be one. Now, in, in terms of – so it, it's tough because – well, you know, I, I don't think that High Point was necessarily a team who like came out of nowhere. So neither will, will my pick for a dark horse here. Um, but I, I like I like UMass against Ohio State. Um, I, I think that UMass is going to be a team that is uh, pretty pretty underrated throughout the entire season. Um, you know, they dropped an, an overtime game to Army to open up the season. But like, anytime you take the troops to overtime, you know, you know you're doing something <laughs> right. Um, so that game, I believe, is going to be that. That's it's a home game UMass. for yeah. yeah so that's, that's a home that's gonna be a, a cold one. Well, I like that pick. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think th- a lot. You know, I, th- I think field. that uh, I think UMass has a lot of weapons. They they didn't really graduate too many guys. I mean, they they lost you know their leading scorer and Buddy Carr, but they still brought back a ton of guys. Um, so I think that UMass is a team that people are gonna have to start taking. Uh, taking note of here and i think that they'll they'll get it going this weekend against ohio state so who uh who you got as a dark horse here robbie O. ah my early lean was uh, under the lights notre dame versus detroit mercy <laughs> i was gonna have uh the titans taking down the fighting irish but uh i'm leaning off of it for now whoa voice guy for now um but I could be circling back to that later in the week. I I, I gotta f- test out some things. Um, you know, run, don't, don't run the numbers. Yeah, I gotta, uh, yeah, I gotta, run, I gotta run, run, run my model, etc. Yes, of course. You, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but uh, yeah, this isn't quite as close to say as two teams like a UMass or Ohio State. I will say UMass is the underdog there. But I'm gonna go out on a limb and say Mammoth over Princeton. In in county rivalry, just a South Jersey showdown. Um, I th- Two teams that despise. Oh each my other. God! They can't even look each other in the eyes. Uh, I think I think I think Monmouth might might pull away with a sneaky win over Princeton here. It's either that or uh, or you pet or you pen over Maryland. But now I'm just getting greedy with my picks. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't have it all, like in front of me right now. But I do think that Princeton's usually pretty good for for dropping a. Uh, you know, a, a game or a, a two, pretty, a, a game or two in February. So yeah, Monmouth and uh, shout out Bryce Wasserman, friend of the program. Uh, he'll, he'll, he'll probably be there getting tying a nice little load on. Uh, <laughs> but all right, yeah, the Mount. I like that pick a lot. Monmouth over Princeton, UMass over Ohio State. We'll see if it happens. Uh, real quick before we close out this episode. So obviously this is a podcast. It is audio only. So you're just hearing us right now, but. Uh, I'm I'm looking at you right now, Robbie. Oh, rocking a rocking a tech deck. Are you are you bringing yeah, it back? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a tech deck. I'm uh, I'm glad you caught wind of that. And uh, yes, tech deck never left. Yeah. 
All right, so uh, Monmouth over Princeton and Tech Dex never left. That is the motto for this Holy weekend, boys out. and girls. Uh, so as always, make sure to follow us on our social channels. We are at The Crease Dive on Instagram and Twitter. Tell your friends to follow us. Tell your family to follow us. Tell your enemies to follow us. Let's get those numbers up. Once we get those numbers up, we can start growing. We can start putting yes, our the world is our oyster, but it doesn't noise. happen unless you sons of bitches start following us. Uh, and yeah, any, hey, and uh, yeah, noise? no, not really. You know, the DMs are always open. Uh, obviously, college season started. Uh, D three is only a couple weeks away, but uh, you know, more importantly, high school starts soon. So you know, there's going to be. God knows how many highlight sellies we're going to see this year. Or, you know, is Fortnite is definitely still a thing, unfortunately. So we're going to be seeing <laughs> some, some Fortnite dances. Um, uh, yeah, the DMs are always open. Obviously, love hearing from you guys. And uh, shout you guys out in the socials and stuff. You know, we, we love seeing, seeing some uh, small lax rat shenanigans. Lax rats doing lax rat things. Speaking of lax rat things, we are going to keep it low to high. To the day we die, boys and girls, we out. Baby boy, the prince. Big time, old cash, my roll. Extreme entertainment. This is the way I live. Little boy, still pushing big wheels. I stack my money, lay low and chill. Don't need to work hard. That's the way I feel. I feel like this is the way I live. Little boy still pushing big wheels. I stake my money, lay low and chill. Don't need to work hard, that's the way I feel. I feel like this is the way I live. Six months later, now a big dog status. Name elevated, but I still act average. Rocking shows in Dallas, all like I play for the Mavericks. West Bank rapping, I'm one of the baddest. French Riviera spying, I'm getting in shape, man. I think I'm super MAN without a cake, man. Grinding all day, hustling, all for the cake, man. I'm a Benjamin Stack, one inch taller than great days. Thrifty made cheap, Ray Band like a felon. I'm growing up, not spitting hotter than my hands, and I'm still living good, never gonna flop. I'm a young little dude, stay running from cops. And my rubber is the Place where I got my props. People love me in the hood, they don't want me to stop. So, uh, that's the only way I know how to rock. And I'ma stay where I bustle, I ain't gonna stop till I drop. Little boy still pushing big wheels. I stack my money, lay low and chill. Don't need to work hard, that's the way I feel. I feel like this is the way I live. Little boy still pushing big wheels. I stack my money, lay low and chill. Don't need to work hard, that's the way I feel. I feel like this is the way I live.